Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 74 of the Wealthier Together podcast. During this podcast interview, I talk with Sharon Love and she gives us some insight into a system she's created called the Alternative Budget. During this time, it's really important to make sure that we're budgeting, especially with a lot of the uncertainty that's going on in the economy and in the country. So Sharon Love shares one way that you can budget. So if other ways of budgeting haven't worked for you, you can try out Sharon Love's alternative budget. Now, if you want to get a head start, you can go to PriorityDrivenLife.com. Click on the Free Your Finances tab, it's green. Scroll halfway down the page and you'll see the 13 areas of life and then you'll see the exercise right below. So I hope you really enjoy this podcast interview. Check it out. Sharon is a serial entrepreneur, founder of Free to Spend, Network for Love and The Priority Driven Life. She is also an author and a keynote speaker. She devotes her life to creating a legacy for her children's children by providing the practical application and tools that they need to create a life they love, no matter what comes their way. She lives in San Diego, California, and she has three adult children, one son-in-law, and five grandchildren. So welcome, Sharon. How are you doing today? I am amazing. It seems like I normally jump out of bed and have the energy to just get going and say, bring it, day. What's you know, it's a new adventure. Right. It's always good to look at life as a new adventure each day. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you get into the area of finance? Absolutely. I think I was like many people where you were so frustrated. I was so frustrated with our finances. I was attending um, financial classes only to be left more frustrated. And I remember the last class I attended, I looked around the room and I saw a room filled with hopeless people. I do believe there, we, we want to do well, we want to succeed in this area of finances, but there's some sort of fog or covering over our lives that it just seems impossible. I had tried various budgets to no avail. And after that particular class, I actually came home and I found myself literally screaming at God saying, what the heck? What don't I get? How's what am I stupid? And I was just literally having a temper tantrum. And I immediately I saw this vision of a beautiful picture, a beautiful picture. And I knew it represented my life and it was breathtaking and instantly it was covered up with just garbage but i could see a little rectangular slit in the in the in the center it seemed like and as i looked at that small peephole i knew my life depended on me knowing the whole picture and i was like my life was spinning out of control and i hear this voice say what do you want to see and i'm like i want to see my whole life and it, it was in that instance that as the as all the garbage came off this beautiful picture, I saw, oh, this is really interesting. Every part of life has, is calling, or calling or wanting part of me. And it's my priorities that's going to allow how much of me is going to go in each area. So as many great inventions, it comes from a place of struggle and frustration and so I encourage people, when you are frustrated and just at your wit's end and are pulling out your hair, 
be of good cheer because that's a perfect place to be to start and implement something new. That's great. I'm glad that you're able to, well, I mean, I know a lot of people go to classes about finances because it does play a huge role. It doesn't seem like it does, but it touches every area of our lives. And when we are not careful or we're not mindful of how we spend our money, it can really, it can really, it just really causes, like you were mentioning earlier, a lot of frustration and then even sometimes anger and, and we don't talk about it. So I'm glad that you were able to kind of see your way through it and look at it from a different perspective. Absolutely. And once I saw it differently, it was, it was crazy because instantaneously I was changed. My finances was changed. My family was changed. And I started telling people, you know, and showing people on grid paper. I'm like, this is how you do it. This is so phenomenal. In one short amount of, you know, 45 minutes, you can have your life radically changed. It doesn't take, you know, bless their hearts where they do 13 weeks of financial classes. It literally is in a 45 minute session of going through this process. You just see differently. And from there, you just make different choices. I believe that when we can see the outcome, we make a different choice. And most of the time, if we're not seeing, yeah, we're just playing the pile mentality, grabbing from the pile and hoping for the best. So how do you choose faith over fear in your financial life, in your finances? Uh, and that's always tested. When you come to a place, if you have a steady income, it seems like you really don't need faith because you got a steady income coming in. When you're an entrepreneur and your income is up or down, it takes a lot of faith. Uh, fear is one of those things that I look at, if you would, Mr. Fear, tell him you know, as sweetly as you can, go back to hell where you belong. Because a lot of the things that we are afraid of will never happen. Fear can run rapid and play games in our mind, and yet the reality of it, fear, what are we afraid of? We're mostly afraid of the unknown. And so I encourage people, first get comfortable with not knowing. Move into a place where the truth will set you free, especially in your finances. Let's take a look at where you really are and the truth is gonna set you free. I, I think, I call it a, a blessing in my life. After a 25 year marriage, I found myself and my two teenagers homeless living in my car. And we had come from a mid to upper lifestyle. And I had been the homemaker and homeschool teacher. I had absolutely nothing. When I left, I had $40 in my pocket and that was a time where my faith was really exercised and it really drilled into me when you have absolutely nothing you're richer than you could ever possibly imagine because no one can take your self-will your spirit that's all that's all on you and it's always with you and if you could start with nothing you would realize that sometimes the more we gain, the more fear we gain of losing what we have. And so you go back to, wow, how could it, crazy could it be to be homeless, living in a car, be the best 
biggest blessing of my life. And really, it's the time where faith steps up because this too will pass. And so play the scenario. If you had absolutely nothing, where would you start? Well, with the kids and I, I'm like, okay, well, we know where we would, you know, shower or get clean. And to make our situation a little more challenging, there was no room in a, um, what is it, like a project housing. There was no room. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't qualify for assistance because our, in our name, we had assets. And because we had assets, therefore, I didn't qualify for food stamps, no assistance. I was able to get into a program called Displaced Homemakers. And I thought, how sad. Women who give their lives to their family and their husbands find them displaced. And the one thing that I recall taking away is she said, though you are homeless, never adopt a homeless mindset. And I put that with finances. Though at times you may be absolutely busted and broke, do not adopt a poverty scarcity mindset. Because that in itself, fear wraps around and you will never enjoy the blessings that you have. Yeah, I think it's important to not adopt a victim or a poverty mindset because your circumstance does not have to determine your, your mindset. Your mindset right. is completely separate and someone can be in the worst of conditions because their mindset, because they don't have a victim mindset or a poverty mindset, they can move out of different seasons of life, whether they're, they have plenty or whether they don't have enough and they can recreate it. And I think that's the thing that people forget. They think that, oh, if this is my current, current circumstance, this is going to be my future. The thing is someone that has a growth mindset, that's not their future. They can lose money, gain money, recreate it over and over. Whereas someone who has adopted the mindset, uh, a victim or a poverty mindset, is not going to be able to move out of that. Because once you adopt that mindset, you internalize it, it affects your behaviors, your beliefs, everything. And so I'm glad that she told you that and that you remember that because I think that is, people think that mindset is just woo woo. It really is not, it is not. That is not. And there's, there's a lot of places where we could step into being a victim, you know? True, true. And, and it's like, yes, though things happen to you, you know, instead of reacting or, you know, res reacting, learn to respond, knowing your identity and who you are. You're absolutely amazing. You're brilliantly created. You have a mind that conceived so many things allow you know really allow that spirit within you to direct you just like i was yelling at god and then i have the vision and i'm like oh my gosh this is the coolest thing you have that same ability to tap into this intellect that is beyond and above your years yes and you're right we all have areas where we have more victim-minded mindsets and so the, it's a spectrum but there are people who just live and dwell in the victim mindset area. Again, if you have a growth mindset, what you'll do is you'll identify areas you need work and you'll get mentorship. You'll find others who have been, who have gone through something similar, ask them how they achieved it. So yes, I don't mean that, oh, it's just a set thing. Cause we all again have, it's, it's a spectrum and we have 
many multiple different areas of our lives where we have different mindsets and that's from how we were brought up all these other things society things like that so thanks for mentioning that too that is important I think it's also good that you mentioned how hard times or how hard times show you what is really important and I think that like you're saying that a lot of people that may have a lot of money and if they have fear of losing that money they are tempted to do all sorts of crazy things but kind of that reset that you had it really helped you realize hey this is what I have this is what I value and then you had that mindset like hey I'm going to be able to press on instead of quitting or allowing your circumstances to define who you are absolutely and for me it wasn't that okay after a few months then it got scared away and I had money and I had access I literally walked away having absolutely nothing. There was no retirement. There was no alimony. There was nothing. And we lived in a, a state that didn't believe in this common law thing. I received after 25 years, nothing. And so when I say I completely had to rebuild myself, I had to start at ground zero because I had never had a job outside the home and going, okay, how am I doing this? And you have really four areas of your life. You have life, you have love, your finances and your faith. And all four of those are a building block to help you get to where you are wanting to go. But as we talked about mindset, mindset is when you think of the word budgeting, what do you think of? For me, I think of a chain and ball. I think of someone strangling me. I think of bondage to the nth degree. And it's interesting, many people feel the same way when you think of budgeting. And it's like, oh, I would handle my finances if there was a different way to do it. And so I call what I, the, the concept that I teach, I call it an alternative budget. And it's like, oh, something different. And it really is different because it just flows into life. And just as life has four components, life, love, finances, and faith, your, your financial area has 13 areas. And so when life gets completely overwhelming, I'll go back to my 13 areas and I'll look at each one and I'll say, in, in emergencies, some things go, they just go. Like, well, unfortunately fun, my area of fun might go. My area of spending a little more on food actually will go. And so I begin to look at my life and I ask myself, what's my priority in this moment? So when we're financially stuck, when we're frustrated, what's my priority in this moment, in these 13 areas of life? And all of a sudden, peace and calm and reassurance comes back in because again, the truth that we all choose where we are. So right now in our finances, we all have made all of the choices leading up to where we are. And the cool thing is, if you want a different outcome, ah, we just got to make a few different choices. But at the end of the day, you get to make the choice. That is very true. I like how you mentioned what you think of when you hear the word budget, because I think it's what most people think of. But I... I think of when I think of the word budget, I just think of boundaries for your money. And so I know how, like, if you tell, if you try to set boundaries for your children, like, oh, you can't be out after a certain 
time of night or whatever and they view it as kind of like restrictive like you're trying to be harsh you're trying to impose on them but really most parents are just trying to keep them safe so i think it's interesting how we have different views of budget but i do think that most people really do view a budget as just extremely restrictive keeping them from doing the things that they want right right and in reality all of life is it's all about doing what you want to do and so i'm saying in my alternative budget if you can see the outcome like okay here's my 13 areas of life and i take my my check and i'm like okay i got 800 and i divide it across these 13 areas it goes oh okay i got 80 dollars for food until my next check oh i have oh i actually have like 25 dollars that i can go do something fun all of a sudden it becomes a game as hey i've got money look at this in 13 areas i've got money i've got money i've got money and that begins to shift the mindset. And if I look at it and I go saying, hmm, I'm looking at my 13 areas and you know, that outfit, I really want that outfit. So I look at my life and I go, what do I choose to give up for that? In life, we don't, sometimes don't realize it's a matter of every time we say yes, there are hundreds no's. We're saying no to so many things. And yet we have the right to say yes to this. So I look at my priorities and I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to choose to take some of this and put it here. Again, always lining up with my priorities. And like I said, every time I get frustrated, I realize, Sharon, get this free to spend back out. <laughs> you know, look at your life guide because I call it my life guide. Look at your life guide. How are you showing up in life? Are you showing up how you want to? And of course, when we're looking at an alternative budget, the first three, or first, not first three, but three areas that will literally destroy your life without you realizing is first your housing. If your housing is more than what, you know, more than 32%, it, it just begins to suck life out of you. And then if your car payment is more than kind of like, oh, instead of a car, instead of eating, we're gonna pay for the car. The car uh, often takes more than really, more life than you would really like to give it. And if it's not the house or the car, it's normally your goals. And I talk about your past debt, your debt that you're in right now was a goal of yours. Your goal was to get into debt. Now people go, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, your goal was to have debt. If you didn't have that goal to have debt, you wouldn't have debt. But which is cool, if you want to change, you can change. I love the fact that it just has so much freedom to just choose differently. You don't like what you see, let's change it around. So what do, how would someone apply your alternative budget if they have a lot of past debt that they have to pay off because the biggest thing is when people are paying off the debt they can't do things that they like and then that causes kind of like fatigue and that's when people start going off the rails and adding some more so yeah what what Perfect. how do they apply your alternative budget when they have past debt perfect question the first thing is getting rid of um, I have to, I need to, 
everything is I want to and I choose. I choose this lifestyle. And so the first part is truth will set you free. Sometimes we're feeling overwhelmed, just, oh my gosh, we have so much debt. And when you go through and lay this out in this system, you realize, oh, it was just actually a mindset. I really didn't have that much. But as soon as you lay it out, and one of the ways I talk about laying it out, when you take the 13 areas of life, you can take a hundred noodles or a hundred gems or a hundred objects. You have the 13 areas. So I, I encourage people put those on, you know, postcards and write down what do you want in each of these areas and take your noodles and put a hundred out there and you'll see, Oh, my debt requires 30. Oh my gosh. I can see that I have no life because of the debt. So then I have a couple options. Well, I can figure out, can I reduce any of the other areas because I'm choosing debt? Or how many more hours per week do I need to get a side job per week to pay off that debt? Now, most people, it's surprising when you actually see what you're doing, you can actually choose. When I was at one point, I had about 15000 in debt. With the divorce, I ended up having I never didn't have a sad. I didn't have an income or anything, but I did end up with fifteen thousand dollars of an attorney's fee, and I called that my freedom debt. And every time I would get paid, my income would go out between these thirteen areas, and I would look at them and I thought, you know what? I could take twenty-five dollars more from my food and put here. I can take you know fifteen dollars from my clothing and put there. I can take you know I can take a little bit here and put there. And by doing that choice every other week, you know, looking at it, I was able to clear that debt in just a record amount of time. And it came down to choices. If I can see what I'm doing, it ends the guessing game. It ends the frustration. The truth, again, I go back to the truth is what's going to set you free. What do your numbers look like between the 13 areas of life? How much of your life have you committed to your house, to your car, and to having a lifestyle of debt? And it's very possible to work your way out rather quickly once you see what you're doing. I think that's it. It's good in the fact that it allows you to visualize how much of your money is going to all the separate areas. So if you have a lot of debt, you see that when you can, for example, if it's your house, you can, I guess, downgrade to a house that is within your budget. Definitely cars, people are always going over with that. So it allows you to make those adjustments after you've set the goal for what you want your life to look like. Right. Like even housing, sometimes we have an extra room. Why are you not renting that room out? So I, I currently, I feel like I'll probably no matter what house I, I own, I will always have roommates because why would I want to pay for an empty space? So I have a, several roommates and then you have a chunk of change coming in that most people just don't have simply because they haven't rented out their room. And I find that it's, it, it's amazing to be in that community of people. And occasionally I've gotten in someone that didn't last for very long, which was good. Um, but it's a great shared space and it just brings in extra income. So the first thing is, do you have an extra room you can rent out? You, the first hesitation of that is, but I don't want to. 
How do you know? Have you ever done it? And again, it comes back to is fear talking. Well, I, I wouldn't be private. Well, we look at, do I want to clear my debt or do I want to live in debt? And both are choices and both are goals. So if I want to clear my debt, I'm going to clear my debt. If I don't want to clear my debt and I want to continue debt, I wouldn't even consider other possibilities. That, make, that makes perfect sense. I know a lot of people that do that. They'll buy a place and then they'll just rent it out. And so, and they do that enough times that they have income coming in. So if they have debt, they're able to pay it off, but they've already established other sources of income, which I think is really important because most people will not do the things that they need to do to get out of debt. I know like attorneys that are doing like sites, still doing side jobs they did when they started because they enjoy it. It's fun. And then they also get paid. So I think that's really, I think that's a good perspective. That's true. One of the areas of the 13 areas is called cash flow. And so it's an area where I'm saying, okay, what are you doing to increase? Okay, you got your job and you like your job. Perfect. So what are you doing to create a passive income? You know, so it's called cash flow and working on put some money aside to work specifically on maybe it's fine tuning your skills so that you can charge more. Maybe it's, you know, a, a side job or, but something that can not a side job, but something that passive can bring in income. Maybe it's learning about, you know, the stocks or investing or some form of most people don't think of it. I've got my job. You never think of, okay, let's cash flow. Let's work on increasing your cash flow. It's actually part of life. Yeah, that's definitely important. A lot of people do not look at that. And then you also have forever learning. Yes. And I get that from my grandmother. My grandmother passed away at 103. At 99, she had her driver's license taken away. And Mm -hmm. she said it was the hardest thing. And one of the things that she attributed to, she was in her right mind, even at 99, giving us advice, be forever learning. See, the moment you stop using your brain, it starts to decay. If you're in a rut of always doing the same thing over and over, she goes, that's called you're walking into dementia or Alzheimer's. Nothing is firing new in your brain. So she encourages us to always learn something new every year and try to pick something that you don't think you would actually like to learn. And you'll find, you'll soon find that you actually have a love for learning. It's fascinating, all of the people studying rocks or, you know, it's like, okay, um, I'm going to study the astronomy next, plants, birds. There's so many things that we can take apart an engine, never wanted to do that. So that sounds like a good thing to learn how to do. It, it shows you that no matter what you're facing in life, you can learn about it. I look at a child going to school is overwhelmed with the amount of knowledge that they have to learn, have to, that they get to learn. And as adults, somewhere along the line, we just feel like, okay, I've arrived. And I encourage people, Keep learning. If you're in a relationship, learn about relationships. Learn about a woman. Learn about how a man functions. If, you know, in business, learn about how the business operates. You know, there's so many fascinating subjects that forever learning keeps you active, 
both mentally and physically so that you'll just enjoy a longer life. Of course, when you get to be 99 and like I said, at 103 when she passed away, you'd also run into, unfortunately, all of your friends will die. So you wanna to try to find friends who are also forever learning and moving. Well, I think that's definitely important because the people we surround ourselves with really play a big impact. So if you're around people who do not want to learn are set in their ways, you will, I mean, they'll drag you back. So it's important to, yes, find community of people who have similar interests because then they'll just spur you on. Absolutely. Grandma, you know, you're 88, 99, you know, hey, let's go take this art class. Hey, let's go to uh, aqua aerobics. You know, let's go, let's go do this. And I hope to be that person. I look forward to, you know, another 50 years of life people are often surprised that I have five grandbabies. I probably, you know, most people think I'm in my late thirties and because I have so much youth and vitality and it really comes from living a life by my own priorities, not allowing life to weigh me down. So finances and finances at times have been a struggle and a stress for me as I launch into yet another venture and as I'm currently working up to my first million dollar day, finances can be a strain because no matter how high you go, it's just one more different kind of problem solving issue that arises. And to not let the stress of that um, bog you down, but to really enjoy every moment of your life. Like right now, we've been given today. We're not promised tomorrow. We have today. So how are we going to show up? Are we going to show up great? You know, I'm always encouraging people, choose to create a life you love and then step into it and then live that life. So what fascinating things are you, do you have going on today? And most people go, well, I'm going to work. It's like, okay, after work, what are you doing? I encourage people with your finances. We do not live to work. We work to live. That's a good reminder because a lot of people forget that. So on your alternative budget, if people have done the pre-assignment, they can go ahead and follow along. Number nine is plan B. So how important is it for people to really take time to make sure that they have a plan B? Oh, you know, I am always surprised. Did you know that emergencies are part of life? We seem to be surprised when an emergency comes. It's like, oh my gosh, the transmission just dropped out of my car or my water heater just went out or, oh, I just broke my, you know, broke my arm. I can't do this. Emergencies are just as much a part of life as eating and breathing and living. And yet most of the time we don't plan for that one. And so plan B first houses a minimum of $1,000, which is just plan B. It's just for emergencies. So when the car transmission goes out, well, that's a little bit more. Mine went out, you know, um, about a year ago. I was about $1,400 because my son replaced it. And it was no big deal. Here's the money. Now, if I didn't have that, it would, again, cause an area of stress. So plan B eliminates having stress in our life because we're prepared. I'm 
always surprised again that people are like, oh my gosh, this happened. Yeah, and so what? Here's your money to you know do that with. So also looking at your insurance, what kind of insurance do you have? Um, I see cases where people are way overinsured and then of course not insured at all. And insurance has a peace of mind. Like I just recently locked my car, my keys out of the car. Part of my plan B was having AAA. I know that if I do that, I can call AAA. And again, there's no stress. If you don't have it, you lock your keys out of the car, you're kind of panicking going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? Who am I going to call? Or if my car breaks down, like it did a year ago with the transmission going out, again, it was no big deal. I called AAA. It was a, it, it's really part of plan B. And so I always look at really life. When you have a plan A, your plan A is not complete until you have a plan B. What are you going to do if? And sometimes you can practice having a plan B when you go to a restaurant. Choose in your mind, choose two different items that you think you want and then forget about it. And then when the server comes, do the first one that comes to mind. And then if they go, well, you know, we don't have that. Hey, not a problem. Here, I'm going to do this. Just have a plan B. Basically, it gives you options and then releases, relieves your stress having that plan B. Yeah, absolutely. And who wants to be stressed? I don't. If you were to sign up and say, hey, can I have a day filled with stress? No one would be raising their hand. And so having plan B, so again, start with $1,000 in an emergency savings, and it's for emergencies. And of course, if you're having a physical mental meltdown and life is too overwhelming and you just have to go to the spa, I'll call that an emergency. But really, it's some emergencies. And after the $1,000, work to have three to six months of your expenses. It's not of your income, but of your expenses. Most people wouldn't real, don't realize that if one person wasn't working, they wouldn't have a lot of expenses from the car and the clothes and the, the work lunches and all the work-related things. And if they have a child in daycare, they wouldn't have all of those expenses if the other parent wasn't working. And come to find out, they'd actually most of the time be better off. That's true. It allows people to kind of reassess their situation. But yeah, when both parents do work, it does bring on a whole nother set of expenses. And I don't think that people really look at it that way. So number 10 is total wellness. So just cover that. Just tell us a little bit of how people can really focus on their total wellness. I'll go back to my 103-year-old grandma. Your body, your physical body, your mental body, your mental, you know, your emotional state, this is the only vehicle. It's the, a rented bodysuit, and yet you will own this bodysuit for, for your entire life. It should be better taken care of than your house and your car. And by better taken care of, do you need a massage? Do you need a chiropractic? Do you need to check in with a holistic you know, provider on how are you doing with your meal plan? What in your life isn't working? Are, are you needing a life coach? Are you needing... Not only doctor, dentist, when was the last time you were at the dentist? You know, uh, so from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, is your body just being lavishly taken care of or is it being abused and neglected? Most of the time it's abused and neglected and, well, I don't have health insurance, so I just I keep putting aside. 
most people have an issue with their body for more than one year before they've done anything about it. If you notice something, you know, uh, that's not right with your body, check in with your doctor. And so total wellness is everything from how are you running the machine called you? That is definitely true. I think that is one of the areas that people just neglect. I've seen people take care of their cars better than they take care of their health. And these are people with children. And I'm just like, mm. uh, you have children. You need to be there to raise them and hopefully see them into adulthood. But you are more concerned with how your car looks or if you have a big house that you can brag to your friends about. And I think that that's, that's not good. Right. It doesn't serve you and it's definitely not serving your children if you have a heart attack or God forbid any other of the variety of illnesses you can catch because you were not going for normal checkups and making sure that you know you were eating well, sleeping, exercising, all of those things that we know are really important for us. Yeah, in reality, we actually love others to the same degree we love ourselves. And the way I can see if someone loves themselves is if their body is being taken care of. You know, it's like as a mom, you can get so taxed with everybody pulling at you. Unless you take care of you, you don't have much of you to give to anyone else. So taking, you know, stepping back all the time and saying, hey, check in with me. And part of checking in with you is how am I doing emotionally? You know, um, what are my needs? Are my needs, I'm meeting everybody else's needs around me, but are my needs being met? Definitely, it's part of total wellness. Connecting with who you are, checking in with you, take care of you so that you can show up for your kids, your family, your work, your day. I definitely agree. So how can listeners find out more about the alternative budget and get to contact you? Um, the alternative budget is now part of the PriorityDrivenLife.com. There is a tab on there that call that says freeing your finances. Again, the priority driven life is about life, love, finances, and faith. So if you're struggling in any one of those areas, find the tab at the top. But on freeing your finances, go through that and you're going to find here are the 13 areas of life. And then right below are the instructions of grab a hundred in the reason you grab a hundred items is because it's a visual thing. I've done this for 25 years. And unless I bring in the visual hand to, uh, you know, tactile approach, the light bulb doesn't come on. And so this approach of here's my 13 areas, write those out on, you know, 13 cards, write what you want in each area so that you see they really are all a part of your life. And then take that hundred noodles or M&Ms or whatever, that represents you. That's one of you is 100%. And as you spread yourself over across life, you're seeing I'm choosing this over that. Huh, this was really more important than that. I need to adjust. And the most amazing thing with the alternative budget is it is just free flowing. I could be walking down life and everything's going great and oh, an emergency just happens. And so then I'm going to, I'm actually going to like pull back in one of my areas or two or three. And it's okay because it's just me. 
It's just, you know, it's just life. It's how it goes. It's the ebb and flow of life. So the best place to learn about it is at the Priority Driven Life um, website. And you'll find that the alternative budget, there is a kit called a Life Skill Toolkit. And again, it's really all about being tactile and learning how to do it. But I also have a brief version of it in the Priority Driven Life Planner. So every day in my life, I see the 13 areas in front of me and it reminds me, hey, how am I doing with giving to others? How, what have I done for my health? What am I actually eating? Am I having fun? What's my goal? And so having life in front of me again, keeps me where my priorities are showing up. And sometimes my priority is just, I write on my page, it's sleep today, Sharon, sleep. So basically visualizing it really helps you to keep your priorities top of mind. So you know when they're shifting and then you can accommodate if it's not, if, you're, if your priorities are moving in a direction that you do not want them to. Absolutely. Great. Are you on social media? I am. And from my, from my website, the very, at the very bottom, you'll see all of my social media links from, from Pinterest to Instagram, to Twitter, to uh, YouTube. You find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I'm someone, I, I try to be active on there. And if you ever have a question, if you hashtag ask Sharon love, I normally come across it and then I could reply to that. And um, I, I enjoy engaging because there's so many people searching for really a simple, easy way to do life and to really do it well. Are you really enjoying your life? And I would go, if you're not, let's go back to your priorities. And finances is one of those four core, core areas. So let's check do an overall checkup. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Wealthier Together podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend.